toddler's ABCs. Athletics beyond coronavirus. Hillel Cutler's ABCs. Athletics beyond coronavirus. Hillel Ascribe Welcome to Hillel Cutler's ABCs, Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. I'm Hillel Cutler, a journalist who specializes in both healthcare and sports. In this era of the coronavirus and the precautions that are helping to save our lives by limiting the spread of the disease, shuttered sports leagues reopened in limited form. I interview people who are exhibit A of the sports experiment, the athletes, the coaches, the broadcasters, <coughs> and executives. I'm very interested in the effect on fans. In most reopened leagues, few or no fans can watch in person. On this podcast, we discuss the very real here and now, and also the day after, when the lives that we prefer to live can resume, and when the sports we love return in earnest with fans filling the seats. I welcome your comments, including suggestions for interviews. Just email me at hk at hillelthescribecommunications.com. Major League Baseball's 2021 season began April 1st with nearly all teams allowing small numbers of fans to attend, depending on their city's coronavirus status. The Chicago White Sox and Cleveland Indians are among teams that will host their home openers in week two after starting the season on the road. The teams have played at their current home stadiums since the early 1990s. Brian Powers, an architect, is connected to both cities. He has roots in Cleveland and he lives in Chicago. He recently applied his skills to digitally reincarnate the Indians and White Sox earlier ballparks, in Cleveland's case, League Park, and Chicago's case, Comiskey Park. Both of those parks were knocked down many years ago. In the White Sox case, Comiskey Park in 1991, and the Indians' case, League Park was knocked down in 1951. Anyone who visits bandboxballparks.com can explore parts of those stadiums from the inside, such as the locker rooms, dugouts, bleachers, or box seats. Clicks of the mouse provide a 360-degree perspective. Brian also is working on a similar project to celebrate Detroit's Hamtramck Stadium. That baseball field still exists, but only part of the original structure remains. The seating and the field are being renovated. Hamtramck Stadium was home to two Negro League teams, the Detroit Stars and the Detroit Wolves, during the 1930s. It was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 2012. I'll be speaking today with Brian and with two men connected to League Park and Hamtramck Stadium, Quincy Troop and Ike Blessed. Quincy is an author and a poet. His late father of the same name was a catcher who played at League Park with the Cleveland Buckeyes, whom he also managed to the Negro League's World Series title in 1945. Ike reached the majors in 1972 with his hometown Detroit Tigers. In his youth, he played ball at Hamtramck Stadium. Brian Powers, Quincy Troop, and Ike Blessed, welcome to Hillel Cutler's ABC's Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. Uh, thank you. How are you doing? Brian, thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Brian, I wanted to start with you to ask you what, what possessed you to embark on this project to bring these old, now demolished stadiums to life? Well, I, I could almost trace these uh, seeds back to my days in college, you know, as a student uh, at Auburn University. Uh, as a freshman, I was kind of undecided what I wanted to do with my life. And uh, 
theater in engineering or architecture. Well, one afternoon I was walking across campus after lab and our school was undergoing a major uh, stadium uh, renovation. And uh, I saw the door open to the construction trailer on site and I knocked on it. Being kind of a naive uh, student, I asked the superintendent if they give tours, you know, to the students, you know, of the job site. And uh, kind of looked at me funny, uh, but he tossed me a hard hat. He says, come walk with me. So, yeah, that's what I did. Uh, uh, you know, we looked at uh, form work. Uh, we looked at all of uh, the precast of uh, the stadiums going in. I found that really fascinating. And the, the very next day, I, I switched my major to architecture. And that's kind of what <laughs> blazed my path, you know, with these uh, of these interests. Uh, a few years later, I had the opportunity to uh, go up to Chicago for uh, an architecture field trip. And uh, at the time I was up there, I decided to take a side trip to Old Comiskey Park. Uh, this was uh, 1990, the last season White Sox were playing there. And uh, you know, this was uh, early March, so no games were being played there yet. So uh, as I got off the train on 35th, walked up to, to the old ballpark, uh, the new stadium was under construction, and I was totally amazed as to how it was dwarfing, you know, old Comiskey Park just kind of sitting there. You know, as a grand old lady, uh, Sox have been playing there for 80 years, but uh, what I decided to do was just uh, kind of walk in and take in the ballpark one last time. Uh, I was armed with my personal sketchbook, which I carry everywhere, uh, camera, and uh, I just started uh, recording the details of it, and I, I was really becoming enamored uh, with the details of the ballpark and I think one thing that struck me the most was the fact that we're going to be knocking this thing down uh, this next year and there's going to be no legacy no trace uh, how is the architecture and the community going to uh, realize this park has been a part of you know four world series three all-star games all this is going to be flattened out and I'm like well gosh there's a lot of stories that need to be told here and when I left Chicago, uh, I kind of thought to myself, well, I must find a way, if there's a way I could use somehow my architecture talents, to somehow you know, keep these stories alive, you know, it'd be quite an endeavor to, to do that. Uh, so I, I finished school and um, kind of make a long story short, uh, I think what, the third thing that really kind of fueled this whole effort was uh, I, I accepted a, a job after graduation in Alabama and that allowed me to um, participate uh, is an inaugural member of Friends of Rickwood Field uh, in Birmingham. You know, uh, when Comiskey was torn down in 1991, Rickwood Field, which was also built in 1910, at that time became the oldest uh, ballpark in the country, and that was right there in my backyard. So uh, that gave me the opportunity to kind of pitch in on Saturdays, uh, kind of help uh, the group restore the park, and that, that really kind of fueled my interest in documenting these ballparks. And all the while I've been doing this, uh, I've been starting to – uh, conduct my research uh, in the parks like Comiskey Park, uh, even League Park, or a lot of these parks that have been long gone. And I was kind of, uh, I was really yearning to, to tell these stories. I mean, how did you get the idea to develop this sort of um, technological uh, experience that people can undergo by going onto the website and sort of seeing what it might have looked like back then? We use in current technology, but from all sorts of perspectives, different places in the park, down to really great details. <laughs> like, where did that idea come from? Well, uh, a few years later, uh, as I was uh, researching Comiskey Park, uh, part of my journeys, you know, took me to the various cities. Uh, I've been back to Chicago. Uh, I went to Cleveland, uh, which was the home of Osborne Engineering. Of course, I have family roots there as well. 
Uh, Osborne, for those who don't know, uh, they were one of the more uh, prolific stadium engineering firms to early 20th century. So Yankee Stadium, uh, League Park, uh, the Comiskey Expansion, Fenway, Polo Grounds, uh, they all had a hand, you know, in those parks. And uh, uh, the gentleman there was kind enough to let me spend a day in their basement, uh, you know, looking over a lot of these old drawings and the, these old ballparks. And as, as I was looking for Comiskey, I came across uh, League Park. And uh, for those who, who are not familiar with League Park, for whatever reason, it's not quite as romanticized, you know, as some other parks like Yankee Stadium or Ebbets Field. And uh, so I was looking at those drawings. I was really finding out for the first time what some of these angles look like, uh, some of the perspectives that are captured in drawings, but not necessarily in photographs. And I thought, well, gosh, if there's a way I, I, I could take this information off these drawings and somehow get it to people to where they can experience it, I, I think it would really be a whole new level of education uh, to not only baseball fans, but uh, to architecture, uh, people versed in architecture as well. So uh, that, that allowed me to say, okay, these are certain things that, you know, if, if I want to see them, you know, as a designer, I think other people might be interested in them as well. So when I embarked on this project, uh, both Comiskey Park and then later League Park, my initial intention was to, you know, kind of round up this information I've accumulated over a period of years, like photographs, drawings, put them all together uh, in a document uh, that would be available like at the Library of Congress. But, uh, but since it's been 30 years, and I think what's been amazing to me over the course of that time is how much uh, architecture technology has advanced. You know, when I started all this, we pretty much had uh, drawings and AutoCAD, and then and from there, uh, we had the ability to start to three-dimensionally, you know, model a lot of things. And uh, from there, uh, I kind of opened some new doors as to how I can tell these stories. And just in the last 10 years alone, uh, the industry has went to what what is called building information technology, which is uh, three-dimensionally putting together these details, which you can extract data from, as well as virtual reality. So I think just as I was uh, kind of completing one step, something new would come up that would allow me to better, in a more clear way, tell these stories. So ever since uh, really the pandemic started in the last couple of years, uh, I, I, I've been able to take all this information I've done for Comiskey and now League Park, and pull, pull together in three dimensions uh, and bring it to a scale and a simplicity to where the average fan can start to experience these old ballparks. And that's what helped me develop my website. Now, I, I noticed on your site that you have these experiences for Comiskey Park and League Park, but not for Hamtramck Stadium, which is listed, but it's presented mm -hmm. in a different way. So are you intending to do the same from Hamtramck when, it, when the stadium was larger than it would exist now? That's what I would like to do. Uh, Hamtramck is a little different from the other two parks. Uh, this is a project that I'm uh, professionally leading uh, the restorations. Uh, I've been working very closely with uh, friends of Hamtramck Stadium uh, there in Detroit. Uh, there's a guy, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, Ike might know him, Coach Mike Wilson, uh, who's been uh, a big part of this. You know, he's the president of the group along with uh, Gary Gillette. Uh, but uh, uh, but my, my firm and myself, we submitted our, our qualifications uh, to historically because uh, what, what makes this, what, what makes Hamtramck unique is that it's a, uh, a national register projects, national register of historic places. So there are a number of things that we have to do on a federal level uh, in order to get grants to restore the stadium uh, to, to move to move the project forward. So uh, yes, we, we just completed the first series of uh, 
uh, drawings to renovate the, the grandstand, which uh, hopefully will be in place uh, or completed later on this summer. And as we complete new phases, uh, you know, we'll start to implement a master plan, you know, which will uh, completely engage the community and the people that use it. And at the end of the day, uh, yes, I like the, uh, the intent is to create a kind of interpretive walkthrough of historical parts of the ballpark and uh, virtual reality experiences. And some of the things I've done with League Park and Comiskey Park will also be available, uh, hopefully, uh, Hamtramck. So I, I, you, as I mentioned before, you still live in Hamtramck. You grew up there and you played on the field. So when you hear about these plans to renovate it and to make it sort of make the baseball side and the spectator side improved, how does that strike you? Well, it's, yeah, I, I don't like it, to be honest with you. You don't like because it? Because the Stadium uh, present a whole lot. Uh, uh, we never knew of the Detroit Stars. Now, I just found out we, right now, the, what is that, the Detroit Wolves? Is that what you said, Mr. Bryant? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know nothing about them. I think Hamtramck Park is historical for what they did in putting uh, people into the big leagues uh, playing ball. We won the Little League World Series. We won the Pony League World Series. We was a runner-up in the Colt League World Series. And it would put our guys like Bob Pachor, Bill Naharotny, and, and myself, and, and a bunch of other ball players. And I think they're going at the wrong way of talking about the Detroit Stars. Detroit Stars, I don't know how long they played there. I don't even know who Stucky Stern is, you know. So uh, I well, think he's a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame. So <laughs> yeah, but, but I still didn't know nothing about him. Mm -hmm. You know, it just it's just now recently they starting to bring up all the Negro ball players. You know. Back in the day, they didn't think about that. Now, to me, it's a way of getting government money, federal grants, you know. But I, I think it's the Hamtramck Stadium is a beautiful stadium. Mr. Bryant, have you seen it lately? Uh, yes, I have been there quite a bit. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Yes. <laughs> it's nice. But I think, uh, you ever heard of Pinky Darris? Yeah, the Little League pitcher, yes. That's what I'm saying. He should be recognized on that field for what he did. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? And what all of us did to do, because we were the only place that had our own football place. We had our own baseball. We didn't have to go out to the city for nothing. But all of a sudden now, the Detroit Stars. You know, it, it just upset me that – they don't look at who made that feel, you know. Well, I mean, it's really, really, really the, the goal of what we're trying to do at Hamtramck is to uh, uh, showcase the history. Uh, Negro Leagues played a big part of that. But, yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, the Hamtramck Little League teams and the other players like uh, Pinky and Tom Short, you know, who played there. It's a very, very colorful history. And, uh, yeah, we want to dig deep into it, uh, yeah, Negro Leagues as well, but uh, it's very interwoven into the community. And uh, with Hamtramck being a very ethnically diverse community, 
it's very Thank important you. that we emphasize that. And uh, yeah, if, if you go to my website, in fact, uh, you, you mentioned uh, 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 Pinky Darius. Uh, I actually have a three-dimensional colored rendering in there. Uh, one of the suggestions the city had was uh, we'd like to honor him in a way, maybe with a statue, you know, in front of the ballpark. Thank you. Uh, that, exactly. So, uh, you know, with his accomplishments and everything, because, uh, yeah, he's very key, you know, in that uh, World Little League World Series championship and quite a legend in Amtramic. I just spoke with him about two months ago, and he agreed with me, we go into the field because he haven't seen it since over 50-something years. He haven't seen it. So he said he wanted to go see it. So when it get warmer, because he's a little ill right now, he's been to go to the park with me. And we mm -hmm. both don't look at it. But like you said, they need to honor him because it all started with him, you know. And just now when they uh, putting the Negro ball players in the Hall of Fame and, and all this, there's only a couple of parks still exist. Ike, what do you remember about playing there as a, as a young person on that field? All the good moments we had on there, uh, like I say, winning. And, and we, had, we, had at least, we had 15, 16 dads. If my dad couldn't show up, the other ones took over. So we, like I say, we was a family. And we had four high schools in Hamtramck. Immaculate Conception, St. Florian, St. Ladislaw, and Hamtramck. You know, only one school was integrated, that was Hamtramck. But when it came summertime, we all joined together and played together. That's why we were so successful. We had the best out of St. Lad, the best out of St. Florian, the best out of Ham Tremont, the best out of Immaculate Conception. And we was unstoppable in everything, you know, play with Rudy Tom Jonovich, John Brisker, you know, it's, and Rudy played baseball on that field. He, he, you see he, what must, I'm he must have been the tallest player on the field, right? He was. He was. But then uh, a guy named Walt McSeer got a hold of him and said, you're going to play basketball. And they went in the alley and he told him to play basketball. Then he quit baseball. But look what he did. But that's the only thing I'm saying. You got to recognize all the people that played on that field, not just Turkey Thurn or, or the Detroit Stars. You know, nobody knew who they was. Yeah, well, it's 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 very interesting to hear you speak about it because it's obviously a very personal um, connection that you have with that field, and it means a lot to you to portray it accurately. It sounds like uh, Quincy speaking about personal. I am am so intrigued by your connection to League Park because I know that when when the League Park site was redeveloped and made into a really nice baseball field with the dimensions exactly where the field was until 1946, the last year that the Indians played there. When that was done in 2014 and rededicated, you were there. What, what, what was that experience like for you being there, speaking at that rededication, knowing that your father had managed the Cleveland Buckeyes to the New Year's World Series title? Well, this is, all, this is very interesting <laughs> for me. Uh, Ike, I love listening to him. <laughs> because, look, I um, I didn't know anything about Hamtramck. 
because uh, I'm I, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, where my father and my mother uh, were. I was born. I was a basketball player. I was a great basketball player, and I played baseball. But I went to Grambling College on a basketball and baseball scholarship. And so it's just interesting listening to all of this uh, because uh, my dad was a was was a legend uh, as a catcher and as a baseball player. He also played base basketball and football. He, you know. I mean, so I, what I know about Ham Cramick is when I came to, to um, Detroit to read poetry, to, to work, have to do a workshop to, uh, to teach kids how to, how to write, write, because I'm a writer now, I've got 20 books. And uh, so I came there to do that. And they said, well, your father played it. I looked it up and your father played at Ham Tramick. I said, what is, what is Ham Tramick? You know, <laughs> I didn't know what it was. You know, he said, what is a baseball feeling? We would like, love for you to read poetry there and go down there and read poetry. I said, what, whatever, you know, I'll, you can, I'll do it. I'll do it while I'm here, you know. Uh, I'll do it while I'm here. And I went there and I, you know, I just fell in love with the park because uh, the memory, everybody was talking about my dad, which made me feel very happy. Uh, you know, talking about my dad. It was a beautiful park uh, and it was a nice crowd. I read the poetry and people loved the poems. I read this poem about my father. Um, this is his book, 20 Years Too Soon, so I thought I'd give him, a, you know, he's dead now, but 20 Years Too Soon, because he made the major leagues in Cleveland Buckeyes, Cleveland Indians, when he was, like, on his last leg, you know, and, uh, but he was a great catcher, and so that's, that's my, um, my, my, my uh, uh, relationship to, uh, to Hamtramck, and, and plus, I know a lot of great people from Detroit. Uh, but they're not baseball players. You know, some were basketball players. And I played with it at Grambling and played with, uh, but I didn't know any baseball players. I was, I'm happy to meet Mike over this. I'm glad you introduced me to him, you know. And um, so it, it was very interesting for me. You know, it was historic to me. It was a lot of history in it. And uh, I saw a lot of things that my, what my father talked about, um, what my father talked about. So that's my, that's my, um, a relationship to him, Tramick, that it was a beautiful field. Uh, I loved, I loved that they invited me to read there, and I loved that they gave me a standing ovation too. Also, <laughs> that was a good memory. And uh, but I know uh, from listening to you, this is very interesting. Uh, this is a very, very interesting topic. You know, Quincy, what about League Park specifically in Cleveland? About your connection to it through your dad. Well, the same thing, you know, I, you, know, I, you know, my father, I went there because my dad took me there to, when, when I was little. I didn't have no choice in that matter. I don't remember nothing, you know, but I was little, you know. He, so he takes me there and I'm, you know, I remember going there and, and my mother uh, uh, and him. And uh, so it was just very interesting. Uh, League Park also, same, it's the same thing. I was a little guy when I, when I was there, you know, and, and when I, when I went back to, to Cleveland in 2014, uh, they took me there too. So it was just, I was learning a lot, but I didn't know anything about it growing up. That's what, I, I don't want to tell no lie here. You know, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't remember nothing, you know, I didn't remember nothing. But I enjoyed uh, going there because I was a history major in college and uh, I was a history major and I, want, I wanted to learn all, all I could about both those places, and especially Cleveland. I, I really, and Detroit, and those, those cities, are, they're very interesting. Brian, have you, have you met other um, players, or in this case, 
uh, in Quincy's case, children of players who played in some of these three stadiums that you're involved with? Uh, I, I certainly have. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about uh, Turkey Stearns. Uh, of course, uh, I have not met him personally. He, he passed away uh, a number of years ago, but uh, I've met a lot of the relatives of the players that played there. Uh, I'm talking about him, Tramick, first. Uh, I recently had the opportunity to uh, speak at uh, in Detroit in 2019, and uh, the topic was uh, community engagement with League Park. With, with Hamtramck, and a number of uh, ex-players, uh, both from Little League as well as uh, relatives of the Negro League players that played there, uh, attended, and I had great opportunity to, opportunities to share and swap stories with them, and I think part of my uh, goals, what, what, what I do, I, I like to try immersing myself, not just in the physical structure, but into the soul of it, you know, learn people's uh, experience and somehow to try to translate that through visual graphics and uh, some of the things that were notable to them, uh, some of the experiences they had. I, I think one thing that's been real interesting is I was doing Comiskey Park, a lot of fans, both young and old. I mean, bear in mind, it's been 30 years since the park was knocked down. People were writing to me personally, uh, kind of sharing stories uh, that they had, you know, that they had with their family interactions with players, you know, things like that. You know, they talked about how they go to certain parts of the park or they go underneath the left field stands where the picnic area was and heckle players. And, you know, that, that's all areas and perspectives, you know, you, I, I try to capture, you know, when I do my interactive uh, exhibits. Uh, there have been, a, you mentioned, you know, players have reached out. Uh, shortly after I've completed uh, Comiskey Park, uh, I got a real nice letter from, um, um, Tom Pryor, you know, who was uh, a utility infielder with both the uh, the White Sox uh, and the Kansas City Royals, and uh, he went through, you know, he experienced Comiskey Park, you know, through a perspective of des disco demolition, Bill Vec, and, uh, you know, just kind of hearing people from those perspectives, you know, share their experience helps me kind of shape what I choose to exhibit, exhibit you know, through my work uh, as well. Are you can talking I, about Greg, Greg Pryor, the former infielder? Yeah, Greg Pryor. Okay. Yep. You know, I wrote two books on Miles Davis, and um, Miles Davis was a big baseball fan, and a lot of lot of lot of musicians were big baseball fans. You know, they were big big baseball fans. They all they all did. Miles Davis was telling me about going to going to Sportsman Park in St. Louis, where I, I grew up down the street from Sportsman Park in St. Louis. And uh, he'd go there and watch, watch, move from East St. Louis to watch the baseball games. And, and musicians, a lot of great musicians, uh, loved the baseball players because that's what they would do. They would go and, and, and watch baseball games, you know, uh, when they were off and play. So I just wanted to add that. So jazz music and blues music also had a hookup with, with baseball, you know, which nobody talks about. They don't talk about that's a That's a rich vein right there. And that I can, I, I, you know, somebody should explore that. Well, Ken Burns, the great documentary maker, has has made epic um, yeah. series on baseball history and jazz history, and that's good. That's I'm sure good. there's a reason for that. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, baseball and music, uh, I was able to uh, connect with uh, Nancy Faust, uh, who's the long-term organist uh, at Old Comiskey Park, and uh, she's very kind enough to uh, do all the uh, you know, the, the, mu the 
uh, the music uh, that complements my videos uh, on my website as well as a YouTube page. So anything you see uh, as you walk through Old Comiskey Park, uh, that's Nancy Faust uh, on the organ to give the true feel of what it was to, to walk through there. Ike, you played a short time in the major leagues. I'm wondering if any of your games with the Tigers occurred at Comiskey Park. A ballpark that I played with Boston, Baltimore, Oakland, you know, Cleveland. I played in Cleveland. The, it was the only ballpark I went to. And uh, I just want to say, Mr. Punisher, I wish you would close because I'm trying to write my book. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to call it Both Sides of the Fence. You know, but it's, uh, I, I enjoy talking to all you guys. I have learned a whole lot about baseball, the parks, and music, and everything from you guys. And I wish we can keep in touch, you know, uh, some kind of way we get our email, phone number. I love to talk to you. You in Chicago, right, Brian? Yes. And you are in uh, Cleveland? Where are you at, Quincy? I'm in New York City. I live in Harlem. Oh, you live in, oh, oh, I've, I've been there too. <laughs> I, was, I was in Harlem. I took a cab to it and he wouldn't stop back then. He was scared. He was scared. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. yeah, but I'll be coming to New York pretty soon. Uh, if Brian, you know, when you do something about him, Tremmy, I would wish you would speak up on and have all them ball players recognized. You know, just like myself, I'm the only black Afro-American that played on that historical park and Tiger Stadium. I'm the only ball player. I ain't get no type of recognition that I played on either field. Uh, I'll, I'll certainly, I, I, I know many people there. I, I know friends of the organization. So uh, I think uh, this is just the beginning of uh, a lot more exciting things to come. And we'll definitely make a point to include you in this. Yeah, I hope so. You know, uh, ain't no animosity. Done. It's just that I think that's what should happen with that park there. I know that I played with the Tigers, of course, when Tiger Stadium was still their home park. And I went to games there, uh, three games there. And I was very, very taken by that experience, really. Um, it's, it was a really unique experience. I was there in 87 for a game in 99. Um, for games, and I wonder whether you have plans to do uh, one sort of virtual experience in a place of a place like Tiger Stadium or others that are gone, and whether ball players like Ike and others who played there uh, for many many decades of its existence um, would be resources as well. Yeah, most definitely. I, I think long as if there's uh, an interest in what I do and uh, you know, based on what I've done already, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, doing other parts uh, down the road. Uh, I got a couple right now I'm looking into. Uh, I think this kind of depends how the a pandemic shakes out and what resources I can get access to. Uh, I'll certainly looking forward to, to more. And certainly Tiger Stadium is a very popular request. <laughs> I think a lot of people that have reached out to me in the last couple of years to say, uh, Brian, when are you going to do Tiger Stadium? So hopefully at some point uh, we'll get a chance to walk through there again. Well, Brian Powers, Quincy Troop, and I, um, I want to thank you very, very much for appearing on Hello Colors ABC's Athletics Beyond Coronavirus. I hope you guys 
stay healthy and we put coronavirus behind us real soon and get back to the ballpark. Thank you. I enjoy talking to you two guys. And uh, like I say, hope we can uh, stay in touch now. 